When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The voice of Husker Nation is on the air. This is Hale Varsity Radio. Insight, opinion, expertise, along with the biggest names talking Nebraska sports. Join in with the show at 402-489-1240 or 1-800-825-5865. Now, here are your hosts, Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbel. Back with you, Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio. We're presented by Cornhead Lager. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. The unbelievable man on the street, Philly fan reaction. And it went about as well as you'd expect from Philly fan. Uh, think about how insane it was when the Eagles won the Super Bowl and the debauchery that <clears throat> took place with the... Uh, police horses uh you have uh fans at level 13 on defcon uh, and i know it's supposed to be defcon 2 means worse but uh, it was squared and multiplied and 13's a new whole level of hell for philly fan they were in rare form yeah, and they, even for them last night and they they always in philadelphia before big sporting events grease all the poles in yeah. downtown philly to make sure that people aren't climbing up on them and tearing them down all over the goalposts. And it was probably smart last night because some of those fans sounded like they were ready to jump off the light poles. So Right. So either, either way, a good idea to grease the light poles. And yeah, and, uh, and duck and cover. We uh, welcome in Evan Bland with the Omaha World Herald at Evan Bland, O-W-H on Twitter is where you can follow him and Omaha.com is where you read Evan. Evan, interesting week for Nebraska. Thanks for giving us a few minutes. How you doing? Hey, yeah, doing well, guys. Um, and you're right about Philly fans. Uh, if they lose the way that they just did in that series, I would not want to be anywhere near that city right now, my goodness. Yeah, it is intense. We we may know somebody or have a friend that have either come from Philly or worked in Philly, and it is rough, dude. I mean, it is intense. And, um, yeah, Philadelphia is you know, the home of brotherly love and the brotherly shove uh, with uh, quarterback sneaks, but they, uh, they don't like lose and totally get it. Uh, let's talk about, uh, and, and quite honestly, the, the 180 is Nebraska fan. Now, maybe, God forbid, uh, we, we need to try this for Nebraska, but, but flip it around and get their reaction after a, dare I say, big win. How, uh, how would Husker fan react to said big win versus soul-crushing Game 7 loss uh, that Philly was dealing with uh, yesterday? You're going to get raw emotion, but let's flip it around and get raw joy. You just got to uh, make sure those big wins happen. Uh, Saturday, a big game for both teams, Nebraska and Purdue. And, you know, Evan, as you look at Nebraska right now, what is your level of expectation for this offense knowing what they're dealing with uh, on the injury front? Well, you know, I, I think with the offensive line taking kind of the latest round of, of hits there, 
Um, you know, it's, I think, honestly, they've had the depth to the point to where there shouldn't be that big of a drop-off. Now, that's not to downplay what Turner Corcoran's meant or Ethan Piper's meant or, or Nuri Willie's meant to the offense, but, you know, you look at who is, is replacing those guys. Teddy Prohaska would have been the starter all year last year if he hadn't had that shoulder injury and, and thing that he was working back from. You know, Henry Latusky has been the sixth man for the offensive line for like two years. Uh, they like Justin Evans Jenkins as a guy who was a, a sought-after recruit out of New Jersey in high school. He's been in the program for more than a year now. So, like, I, I think those guys can come in and, and be serviceable in what Nebraska wants them to do is sort of a body blows, rushing attack sort of offense. Um, you know, Malachi Coleman now has his big moment out of the way. He's, he's more comfortable um, and settled into the college game. Jaden Doss it has a full week to prepare to be the starter as sort of that slot receiver. So, you know, I think it's, the story is kind of similar to what it's been with the offense, which is, you know, they're going to shorten the game. Uh, they're going to have to pick their spots uh, with the passes. And then just beyond that, you can't make the silly mistakes. You can't put the ball on the turf. Um, you know, the, the fact that they fumbled three times against Northwestern and recovered all of them, like that, that's a much different storyline. If they lose even one or two of those fumbles and, and that turns into points and maybe that turns the game. So that to me is, is kind of where it's at uh, to the point to where, you know, the top end talent isn't what Nebraska wants it to be ultimately, but I think they have enough serviceable players that, again, if you, play the game out and you rely on your defense and special teams gives you a little something, then it just comes down to, can you hold on to the ball? Can you play the field position game? And I think if Nebraska's offense can do that, they absolutely can win this game against Purdue and, and be in pretty much every game the rest of the stretch. So is it fair to say that if you're going to be throwing some of these guys on the offense into the fire, that the time to do it is now with, with Purdue, what they bring defensively what Nebraska's defense has shown you in the past couple weeks it's almost a case of well at least you're getting their feet wet now as opposed to having to throw them into the fire against say Wisconsin or against Iowa at the end of the year is that kind of how you're feeling about this yeah I mean again on offense you don't really have a lot of choice like you're you're sort of reacting to the injuries that are out there and you need somebody in there and and the, the players and coaches will all tell you next man up mentality and all the rest um you know, I, I think it, it's kind of interesting in the sense that it might affect some redshirt discussions. And Matt Rule alluded, alluded to that this week. This idea that you know guys who maybe were ticketed for three or four games and saving that season uh, might play a little bit more now, and, and that might mean fifty or sixty snaps a game. Um, and, and so it's interesting, right? Because like I, I keep thinking about one of the narratives going into the season was how do you win now if you're Nebraska, but also build for the future. And I think. In a, in, a, in a sort of unintended way, that's what we're seeing is is they're finding ways to win, uh, albeit working through flaws and mistakes. But now you're also getting uh, repetitions to game, valuable reps to these younger players uh, like a Justin Evans Jenkins, like uh, the receivers that we mentioned, um, you know, a number of defenders as well. So, you know, in, in a way, Nebraska's kind of getting the best of both worlds where they're competitive week in and week out. Uh, it looks like we're in for more of the same over these last five regular season games. And again, you look ahead to 24 and 2025, uh, you know, Nebraska is building depth before our eyes. And, um, you know, maybe that could be something that's going to affect how we look at future seasons too. Evan, has Nebraska seen enough of themselves 
to be confident in tight ball games. You just won one against Northwestern, the ultimate one-score game with the Nebraska and Northwestern series. You look back to to how many of those games have been one-score games and how many of them have been one-score losses by Nebraska historically. You win by double digits, but it sure as heck didn't feel like that at Illinois. So there's two tight ball games in a row where you you built a lead and kind of had to hang on with some miscues, and you built a lead, but you came from behind, albeit it was, you know, 3 nothing. But from a confidence standpoint, do you think Nebraska maybe has turned a corner mentally with uh, how they perform in tight games? Yeah, I think so. And we really saw it against Illinois for the first time where, you know, one of those fumbles in the red zone in the fourth quarter, uh, one interception maybe a year or two ago would have turned the tide and uh, things would have gone against Nebraska. And now we're seeing, like, the best way I keep thinking of it is we see, we're seeing the manifestation of the culture. So, like, when players hear for, for weeks and months about getting 1% better, about uh, – you know, winning the next rep about being relentless and disciplined and violent about what's next, like all that stuff that they hear over and over and over again. Like that's what we've seen in these wins that they've had where, yeah, there's been, uh, you know, trouble with ball security. Maybe Northwestern makes a, a big play offensively, um, but they have, they're held to three points. And like, I, I think that's what Nebraska has gotten really good at. Um, and certainly since the Michigan game has been, having a shorter memory about things. Okay, you got burned on one play. What's next? Okay, you had a good play. Uh, what's next? You move on to the next thing. Uh, certainly the defense has shown um, that that's a strength on that side of the ball. I think the offense, for all of its flaws, has been the same way. I mean, you think about the slow start that they had last week. They could have packed it in, um, but they were able to, to figure some things out and score enough points down the stretch. So um, I, I think that's kind of where this thing is going. This team's learning how to win in real time. And when you think about like the, the construction or the, the rebuild of this program, like the, the recruiting element of that's going to come, they're going to hit it hard in the off season again uh, with high school kids and probably the transfer portal. But the culture piece I think is what you're really seeing settle in now um, just with, with players' ability to overcome adversity, to have short memories, to move on quickly from things, to know what's expected of them. Um, and I think that's the kind of thing that's going to serve them well in these last five games where, again, there's no Ohio State, there's no uh, Michigan left on the schedule. These are all teams that are, that are flawed, that are very even to Nebraska in a lot of ways. Um, and so it's going to come down to those little things. And, you know, sometimes those little things are about not making the mistakes as opposed to being super talented and, and doing something above and beyond. So I think that's what uh, Nebraska is working through, and that's what's going to keep it competitive here um, for the next month. Evan, when you talk about Nebraska's mindset and what we've heard from World to be 1% better every single day, whenever you look at Nebraska's progress and development this year, what do you think Nebraska's uh, – being, I guess, 7% better against Purdue look like? It's roughly 7% better. If they're 7% better against, say, uh, Purdue than they are against Northwestern, how does that manifest itself on the field, do you think? Well, I think it's really a lot of what we're talking about. It's cleaning up some of the mistakes. It's being able to move on from those mistakes. Um, and I think this time of year, too, when it, the weather gets colder, when the injury reports are getting longer every week on players who are questionable or out. Like this is the time of year when depth and player 
development really start to shine through. I mean, we, there's been so much talk about on defense how they rotate, you know, 25 guys in and out and see meaningful snaps. Well, you get to November and suddenly everybody has like the equivalent of a game or two uh, uh, less on their legs at this point. Or offensively, when you have guys go down uh, that have been key, you have somebody waiting in the wings because they've been getting a lot of practice reps and because the coaches have been evaluating them too. I think that's uh, maybe an area that Nebraska can can have an advantage in moving forward is, again, despite all the injuries on offense, uh, there are serviceable players. Uh, maybe they're young, maybe they're inexperienced, but there are, are talented guys who have put in the work behind the scenes. And that's not necessarily the case everywhere, where you get into the season and the focus is on the ones or the twos and somebody goes down and you're not sure how that next guy up uh, will necessarily handle uh, meaningful reps or, or being in the game. And, and I think Nebraska's um, – you know, it invested in those guys in that way, and, and, and this is the month again where all the the attrition sets in. It gets cold; people get tired. Um, this is that time when a lot of that investment can pay off. To you, you've got three guys that have been invested in on the offensive line from the recruiting trail to now, and and the guy that Evans in Evans Jenkins that you know the Frost staff really liked and brought in. You've got Lutowski that's uh, you know a, a high-level offensive lineman that you, you battled and won. And then Teddy P was just up the road for you. And, man, he has looked really good when he's been healthy and he's trying to get back to that form. What offensive lineman of those three are you kind of keying in on for, for Saturday? Well, I mean, they're all pretty interesting in their own ways. I think, you know, Teddy's probably the guy who had the highest – recruiting profile and pedigree you know he could have gone to a lot of places um you know in in a lot of ways he's not the the kind of backup that you would be used to sort of inserting at this time like if he hadn't gotten hurt last year he could have been and probably would have been the full season starter and and maybe would have held that role even coming into this year it's hard to say but I think you know how how um, up to speed is he? It sounds like he's all the way back. I mean, Matt Rule said even for the Michigan game last month, Teddy wasn't quite there, and they were easing him back through with some of these jumbo tight end packages and things like that. But um, you know, has he sort of shaken the last remnants of that injury, and can he be a hundred percent? He's he's probably the one that I'm I would look at the most um, from that perspective, and then also just the fact that. You know, he because he was able to redshirt last year. He's somebody that, if he really settles in, he, he was already kind of viewed as the guy who could anchor uh, that left side of the line for years to come. And and this is really an sort of in you know live audition to doing that in front of Matt Rule's staff for the first time this year. You know, Teddy could be that guy for Nebraska for the next couple of years. So how does he sort of jump into the fire and and acquit himself here um, over the course of the next five weeks? Evan, before we get you out, we got about. Oh, a little over 60 seconds here. Victor Wimbenyama makes his NBA debut tonight. I need to get your thoughts. You're the resident Spurs fan. Uh, what is your excitement level to see Victor Wimbenyama? It's no longer preseason. It's a, it's a real live fire bullets tonight. What is your excitement level like? Oh, you're you're great for um, 
you know, uh, appeasing me with a question like that. No, it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. Uh, I, I kind of had to duck my head as a Spurs fan the last year or two, which, you know, <laughs> after after 20 years of, of being in the title conversation, I suppose that's fine. But, no, he's a uh, generational kind of guy. Scouts that are smarter than me say he's the most prominent prospect since LeBron James 20 years ago. Um, and I just the, the blocking, I think, part of it is really the most interesting thing to me. I mean, he's, he's, he's 7'4", he can shoot, he has dribbling ability, but, like, the way that he makes NBA players look short and can alter the game defensively uh, is really fascinating, and I'll be really excited to see you know how he can do that for the Spurs moving forward, and then how much better they can be this year. Well, uh, the uh, Spurs ban on postseason, I think, may get lifted. You've had a, a really nice run of number one picks, Evan. You guys <laughs> have always got the. The lottery ball to bounce your way, baby. <laughs> Going back to the Admiral and then Timmy D and all the international flavor and yeah, Pop is still there screaming. So I, I you know, I love it. <laughs> the conspiracy theories with the lottery, though, they they write themselves. They 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 right. may. Uh, Evan will see you on Saturday. Thanks for a few minutes today. Thanks, guys. There he is, Evan Bland, with us from the World Herald. Philly fan will lose their mind next.